Alright, welcome back everybody to episode 2 of Two Cents. I am your host, Josh Fernandez, and this is my other host, Corey Gibbs. What up? Um, I will never call him my co-host because he is not that. Um, this is both of our idea, and we are both lead hosts together. Um, there, can o- there can only be one. I will <laughs> fight you. In real life, uh, I will lose, but that doesn't matter. Um, oh also a really... little, little bit of, little bit of, uh, context here. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit shorter. Um, I won't get into every single detail why, but me and Corey were having some, uh, audio issues before this, um, to where there was like a reverb on, a on my end to where sure uh, people could hear people could hear probably if you could hear the first recording that we did, um, it did, it did not sound great. Um, and I, I didn't think that people wanted to listen to like an hour of that. So we're, we're trying this again. Um, things should be fine now, but if you guys, you know, experience any sort of audio issues or anything like that, please let us know and, uh, we'll do our best to get those fixed. Of course. So today, uh, you know, our show is normally super light, super Mm -hmm. fun, super chill, but given what's been happening, recently in the news um i feel like it's something that we should definitely talk about for sure um disclaimer like like last week it's always a disclaimer we stated uh, early in the show that everything that we are saying is our opinion it's the reason why the show is called two cents and uh you know but it's not completely and totally just our feelings and emotions and stuff like that it is stuff that we do our research on mm-hmm. it's stuff that we are somewhat informed we don't claim to be experts we don't but um, but we also never talk out of our ass um, yeah we we either we try do, to inform ourselves for sure to the best of our abilities if it's something that we don't have any experience in we'll do some research beforehand so that we don't go into it you know blind Um, but if it's something that, you know, maybe we haven't researched as much, a lot of time we're speaking from, uh, like a place of personal experience or something that we've seen like in our own lives firsthand. Um, so we're not, we're not, you guys know us in real life. Um, anyone who doesn't, um, we're not here to bullshit. Um, we're also not here to like mess around or anything like that. Um, and if any of the things we say, um, I very much doubt we can call them controversial. I wouldn't call them so much controversial, but I would say that, you know, some of the stuff that we probably say in this episode may upset some people, um, and that is what it is. But, uh, you know, keep in mind everything that we're about to talk about. We're not experts on any of this by any means, um, but we're also, you know, not idiots either. Um, and again, this is all just our opinion, so. Yeah. Um, so... Just give you, just give everybody a little bit of background, just in case you guys haven't been keeping up with what's been going on in the news or seen anything that's been going on, on social media about what's been going on in in Minneapolis and not mm-hmm. just there, in plenty of other cities that I've Nationwide. heard of. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I've heard like Memphis, Atlanta, like plenty of other places. There's, that one, this in has Na- been there's happening. one in Nashville tonight, actually. Okay, so, and there's there's a lot of people that are getting involved, I mean, as well as celebrities, but um, 
I'm sure some people have heard of what what happened with uh, that the the man uh, George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, he was restrained in handcuffs, and um, the police, uh, a police officer, I'll say the the a police officer had his knee on his neck for about ten minutes, and uh, George Floyd ended up passing away, be because of uh, that whole ordeal. And people are obviously outraged by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is not a isolated incident. Not even like not even like week like not, this is not something that's been new like this week or even the last couple of weeks. Like, I mean, even with Ahmaud Arbery, with, who is who was killed while going on a jog like that happened like in February. Yes, but it was big news not too long ago. Yeah, it was only like a I couple mean, weeks ago. I, I could literally go down a long list of what's been happening the last like couple months and it's this whole thing with with uh George Floyd was kind of the 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 real final straw like it was really just kind of like okay that it's reached the fever pitch and something has to happen and so obviously there's people saying that there the protests or the riots that are happening are not the way to go about it mm. i understand why you saying rioting and looting is not the way to go about it but here's the thing like there are people that you people you have to understand like there have been tons of silent non-threatening protests that have gone unheard mm-hmm. even by celebrities nfl players basketball players like the whole Colin Kaepernick situation where he was taking a knee during the national anthem. People criticized him for that. People crucified him for that. Uh, the whole, uh, a couple year, couple seasons ago, NBA players were wearing I can't breathe shirts. They were, they were talking. They were, they were standing up for these injustices, but they were nonviolent mm-hmm. and they were met with criticism and, backlash so and there was still no conversation there was still no change so obviously it's gotten to a point to where since there's no change people are acting radically i want to i want to say my opinion on that actually here for a little bit about the colin kaepernick thing because um that man i feel not even i feel that man was very clear uh in his motives as to why he was kneeling during the national anthem his reasoning was, and these are his own words, he said, I am kneeling during the national anthem in protest of police brutality against African Americans in America. That was, why, that was why he did it. There wasn't any like ulterior motives behind it. He wasn't disrespecting the nation. He was using it as a form of peaceful protest under his you know, right to assembly and his right to protest. Um, to speak out against police brutality against African Americans. Um, yet, that being completely within his right to do, that is absolutely within his right to do, um, but people tried to make this about so many other things, that he was disrespecting America, that he was disrespecting the president, that he was disrespecting the troops, that he was disrespecting police officers, that he's a POS for doing so, that he's an asshole for doing so, that he only thinks about himself, that he's only doing this to make more money off of his Nike contract somehow, all these different things that it was not, that it just was not the reason why he was doing it. Um, 
and yet when people people say um oh well if you if you don't like the way that your people are being treated then you need to protest about it but then you know you have peaceful protests and people call the people that protest peacefully thugs and then you have people like colin kaepernick that are in the public eye that protest through their own means and you know take a knee during the national anthem or even you have people like uh nick cannon and uh, nick cannon and um Carl Anthony Towns that actually go to these peaceful protests in person like there's pictures that have been taken of them um, that go themselves they do it in their own way and then they get criticized for that they say you're not allowed to you're, you, you can protest but not like that oh you're taking a knee during the national anthem to protest you can't protest like that it's like do you understand what the, the point of a protest is like in the first place do you, see, yeah. do you see what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. No, I I get that. And it's like, how, I mean, how, do you, how are you going to tell someone how to protest? You're allowed to protest, but not like that. What? Yeah. That's like I, yeah. I feel like this is kind of, these riots and things are kind of a, do you hear, do you hear us now type of situation? Yeah. And I mean, there are people that are taking it as like, why are you destroying your community and things like that? And it's just like, okay, to a certain degree, the thing is, a lot of people are holding this whole, like, uh, riots and Target thing really high in demand. It's like, I don't know why the, why the Target was the, the place to do it, but, I mean, at the same time, this is a corporation here. Like, it's, it's Target now. Like, yeah. This is not a mom and pop owned shop. This yeah. is Target. And y'all and I believe um, y'all can look this up as well and fact check me on this, but I believe a couple hours ago actually Target's CEO released a response about that and they're actually the CEO is actually in favor of these uh, of the peaceful pro not of the rioting but of the peaceful protests and uh, they said that they more have have more than enough resources to be able to rebuild that store to compensate their employees while they don't have jobs. So yeah. even even they don't have a problem with it, but um, the only thing that I'll, I'll say before we get really in-depth into this is uh, with what you said about how uh, this is uh, people's way of making people listen. Because clearly, you know, the police don't want to talk. Clearly, the president doesn't want to talk about this. Um, they just want people to sit down and shut up and just deal with it the way it is. But obviously, the way it is is not okay, and it needs to change. And nobody's listening to them, so peaceful protests, which eventually escalate into riots, are the way they're making themselves heard. Um, yeah. And I actually have a uh, very uh, politically active uh, friend of mine um, who shall remain nameless because, you know, I don't I don't know if he wants to be involved with this podcast or not. But um, he said the he shared with me the other day on a phone call. He said, riot. He said, riots and protests are the voice of the unheard. Yeah. And I've, I, I've, that, that I've resonated seen that. really powerfully with me. I've seen those those posts going around. But it's just, it's the thing is, is that like. If even if you even if people like and I and I'm gonna play like the the worst kind of person here right now just to see just to tell you, just to explain like this is still bad. You want to take this whole police brutality thing out of the way? Fine. You you people want to act like this po police brutality is uh, one in a million. There's still other racist people that are doing these like these aren't this isn't just it's it's to the point where like it's not just police brutality like what happened to Ahmaud Arbery was not by police officers I I am actually it was by a, it was by ex-cop and his son but at the same time like this is 
this is the thing like this what seems to be happening is that every time this happens and it's a it's a group full of cops like why why is it that none of them are taking a stand okay like I, I i understand that they you have to support your boys in blue i get it okay like we, we actually we actually talked about this you know during our first recording a little bit but i'm really glad that you brought that up um because this is going to allow us to get a little bit more uh in depth with this which kind of is how i wanted to go in the first place um so we we need to address um the statements that's been floating around with that of Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, okay? So this is my take on this, and you can give your take on it as well if it, if it differs from mine, but this is, this is my take on it. Um, the reason why I disagree uh, with people, not with the phrase, but with the people that put forth the statement, uh, you know, All Lives Matter, the only time that I seem to see that is when the subject of Black Lives Matter comes up. Like, if all lives really do matter, then why are the people that say all... Then why do the people that say all lives matter only really seem to bring it up when the topic of Black Lives Matter comes up? Um, now, that's, you know, to the individual person, only they can really comment on that. But my thing is this. The reason why Black Lives Matter now more than more than ever and they always have and they always will let's say for a moment that uh you were in my neighborhood okay and you see a house that is on fire and i say oh my god that house is on fire quick we need to put out this house fire before anyone inside gets hurt and then someone else were to come up to me and say well, you know, all these houses matter. I mean, that one's on fire. What if it spreads to that house next door? What if it spreads to the whole neighborhood? Don't they matter? Yes, I agree. They do matter. But this house right now is on fire. And we need to deal with this house being on fire right now before we can begin to worry about the potential danger of those other houses being on fire. Um... And unfortunately, as, as, as much as I hate to admit it, um, I, I don't like ever, you know, lumping people into one category. I don't like uh, the statement of uh, ACAB, which is all cops are bad. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, though, given current situation, I'm finding myself leaning more and more towards that perspective. But um, another thing that I want to say um, with what you said a moment ago with how, um, you know, all cops are not bad cops. There are good people amongst the cops. But um, those good people, if they are among the cops, need to speak up and step out now more than ever. We need those good cops now more than ever. And based on what we're seeing in the news throughout the country on a daily basis is that these good cops are really nowhere to be found. You've got cops that are literally driving through peaceful protests, pepper spraying people for no reason. You've got cops going through peaceful protests, tear gassing people for no reason. Um, I'm about in here in a minute, uh, read through a list of people of African-Americans who uh, were targeted uh, by the police in one way or another just for simply doing normal everyday things. 
um, if if the statement all cops are bad is false, then the good cops right now need to be up in arms about this. The good cops across the nation should be up in arms over the actions of bad cops saying we do not condone this. This is not justice. We do not believe in this. We condemn the actions of these officers and do not wish for them to be associated with us because what they are doing is racist and wrong. I will say as as that there there are there are cops that I've seen that are doing that. Mm-hmm. And I pre- I do appreciate it because it's the fact that like that's what it's that's what it's going to take. It's going to take those those cops to show that to to people that is not all cops th- that are like that yeah but i understand that here's the thing uh about police i i'm not i'm not a cop mm-hmm. but i was in the military and the brotherhood is the same because this the thing is that like it's a tight-knit group because that person you're you're with as a cop or as uh, a soldier or an airman or some or a marine or uh, a, a seaman you have that person you have those people that that are watching your back life or death i get the close-knit brotherhood and sisterhood that comes with being a cop but or a military member but it's the fact that like if you see somebody that's wearing your uniform that's doing wrong like you should be you're you're very even apt to stand up for you're it. In, if that's the case if you see someone that you're close to because of that bond doing something that's inherently wrong you have more of a responsibility than anyone really to stop that person because you have that personal connection to them like people people know what is right and wrong like people especially especially in positions of power like in the police or in the military should have a moral sense of what's right and wrong but it's feeling more and more like a lot of young guys are well specifically guys i mean this could be true of girls as well i don't know but a lot of people seem to want to join the military a lot of times just for the excuse to say that they're in the military just for the excuse to like kill people like it's scary some of the stuff that i see people hear people say and do it's like it's like people it's like people nowadays like especially coming from you know, a politically right perspective, like the coming from the, the right side, like conservative perspectives, seem really excited to kill people. Because, I mean, I, you, you're on Facebook. You probably see all the time, like your conservative friends from high school or from your hometown post things like, oh, if, if someone were to break into my house, that'd be the last thing they ever did. Oh, I, I wish they would come and riot in my town. I would show them why they would never want to do that again. Like those like tough guy posts. And it's like, are you insinuating that you'd be okay with, you know, just killing? Not only that you'd be okay with killing people. Like obviously if someone breaks into your house, shoot them. Kill them. Right? Like defend defend yourself and your family if someone's coming and in, breaking into your home. You have every right to do so. But it's like the excitement behind it that's gross. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's the excitement behind it and like the bloodlust behind it. Like you don't want to just protect your family or your community. You want to you want to have an excuse to kill people. That's disgusting. Uh-huh. Right. But here's the thing. I don't like those those tough guy posts. I take with a grain of salt because right. it's like it's it's like people it's just 
I'm trying to explain. It's just like they make those posts, but in the situation, it's a little different because when you're faced with like a tough decision like that, like it's tough. It really, really is. Like it's tough to make those like decisions. It's like because you want to be and portray that kind of like I'm that type of person, but some people just aren't. Look, and that's and that's what it is. And I agree with what you said about like the brotherhood portion of it as well. Like these cops, like you can make an argument like a good cop sees like someone who he considers a friend to do something awful or like do something like racist or like harass a black person. It is then on that person, friend or not, to put a stop to that. And if that means harming the person that is doing the wrongdoing, then then so be it. If it means to stop the wrongdoing, right? I mean, if I can get personal for a minute, we were obviously in a fraternity together. Do you remember what my first act as president was? What my first official act was? be honest with you, I have no idea. You have no idea? All right. I'm going to go <laughs> I mean, ahead. You can refresh me. You refresh I'm going to jog memory. your memory. My first act, official act as president was writing a letter to headquarters to excommunicate and expel one of our members. Oh, yeah. That was that, that, not, that, that was my first act as president. And you that, know, do you remember why? I, I believe I remember. And I think that's that's also part of the reason why... I was like voted out it was because I didn't do it the way they wanted to. It was right. a very ra- we had a very we had a very radical System. fraternity in, yeah. <laughs> in place. And so yeah, like we had a very radical fraternity for sure and not all of our guys were the most well put together, but at the end of the day, they w- I I would argue that none of them were truly bad guys. They were guys that definitely made bad decisions, but those decisions only ever really harmed themselves and not others. So, I mean, I I, I don't consider them to be, like, bad people. Um, Some, some, you know, I definitely didn't get along with more than others, but that's totally fine. So then comes the question of, well, then why did you vote to excommunicate this one guy? Well, uh, because uh, this guy was basically tarnishing our reputation. Um, he essentially wanted to be a stereotypical frat dude, and that's just not what we were. So I would hear stories all the time from other organizations. Uh, this was before I was president, too, because he was in the organization before the time I was president. Um, I would hear stories. Yeah, most likely during my time. Yeah, Sidebar, yeah. Josh did not. He was not the person that like took my spot directly. There was... There was someone in between. Yeah. It was me, then someone else, and then, and then me. Yeah. Then then Josh. And so. and this guy and this guy <laughs> that we kicked out uh, was part of the fraternity during Corey's time. So he had been in for a while. Um, but this guy wanted to be like a stereotypical frat dude. He wanted to drink beer every night. He wanted to uh, get with every single girl that he could. Um, and then when he found out that that wasn't really what we were about and that wasn't really what we did. He, I would hear stories from other organizations that would come to me and say, is this one of your members? And I would say, yeah, why? He said, oh, well, you should know he was saying this about y'all. He was bad-mouthing your own organization in this way. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I would go and confront him about it, and he would say, yeah, well, I did say that, but, I mean, it's true. Like, you guys don't have any sick parties. Like, 
like and it was like it was stuff like that all the time like we would get like a story from like a sorority or something saying that he was like harassing their members that he was bad mouthing us that he was acting like a douchebag all the time and so when the time came when i was president i was like this guy does not stand for our values y'all have been trying to like convert him over to our values for like months now and he's clearly just as much of a douchebag asshole as he has been from the moment he he joined He's not what we're looking for, and we're not going to convert him into what we're looking for. So he's done. He's bringing us down. He's bringing our reputation down. So he's done, and I kicked him out. And he resented me for it, and he probably still resents me for it to this day, but I don't care because he was not what we were about. He was not, and he, ne- he was never going to be. And I recognize right. that, and instead of you know allowing him to just get away with tarnishing our reputation, I got rid of him. And he was in a position in our fraternity where he was, like, actually kind of close to me. Like, in fraternities, you have, like, a family system where you have, like, a big brother and little brothers and things like that. And he was in my family, in my fraternal family as well. And I had to kick him out because he just did not fit with us. He wasn't a good match, and he wasn't, in my opinion, a good person. And, and And that's just a minor example of, like, a fraternity. You're dealing with this on a level with cops who fight together, who like get shot at together, who go through traumatic experiences together, same thing with the military. And then these same people see their friends do awful, awful, horrible, racist shit. It's, it's hard because you have a deeper bond with those people even because of the traumatic stuff that you've been through, but it's still necessary to condemn those actions because the, at their core, they're wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter if it's your friend. It doesn't matter if you've been police buddies or you've been partners for 20 years. It'll, it, it, probably, it probably is the hardest thing that that person will ever have to do to condemn that person for their actions or to report that person for their actions. But it's, it, it is what is right. And if what, and if what they're doing is wrong, then it needs to be condemned, period. Yeah. So, so, this whole, so this whole argument of, oh, he's my brother, oh, there's a brotherhood among police, I get that. I don't get it to the extent that they have it, obviously, because I haven't been through traumatic events like they have, but I understand where they're coming from. But I also understand that what is happening that I, well, I also understand that, you know, there are good cops that are friends with bad cops, and those good cops are afraid to speak out because they're worried it'll hurt their friend. Yeah, well guess what? If you don't, it's gonna hurt a lot more people than just your friend. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I. Uh, wow, you and you kind of went sorry tangent for there. I, I, I went. Really I was hard like, on that. "Where I'm is sorry. he?" Listen, this where, this where this, is he going with this? This but, situation has been like the only thing on my mind for like the last week. Like I have been thinking about this. I mean, like crazy it's been on everyone's mind for the it's, last week. It's been on. It's been on everyone's mind right. because it's something that's important. Because it's something that is gonna. The way things are, it's going to change the course of our history. Absolutely. Like this year, this year is literally going to be in the history books. We're, we're quite literally living through a chapter in a history book right now. Yes, it's, it's definitely going to be somewhere in history. It's definitely going to change how we approach things. And it's, it's about time for, for that change to happen. Because, I mean, honestly, the, these events, these like... Uh, these moments where not just police brutality but just 
racial profiling that is happening has been happening for the longest time. It's just that it's not being televised. It's not mm-hmm. being broadcasted because like, listen, like I have, I have stories of my own that happen. It's just that like, I didn't film it and it's just, but it's stuff that is stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the first time I'd ever, I'd I, ever gotten pulled over. I didn't know you had an instance. You never told me this. I've, I've had quite a few. I've had quite a few that I just don't share because honestly, it, I mean, it, it's things that stuck with me, but like, it's things that I don't want to dwell on. I would like to, I, I, I like to think of myself as an optimist because I like to see that there's a brighter spot, mm-hmm. but there have been times where I have been profiled and at the time I didn't know what was going on because I was younger. Like I was, when I say younger, I mean not like a couple years, like the first time I ever got pulled over, I was about 18. Okay. I was 18 years old. Um, I was working at a movie theater mm-hmm. and uh, I was on my way home. I had stopped at the grocery store to go pick up uh, some candy bars mm-hmm. to take home. And I end up meeting with a friend from high school. We, ch- we chit-chatted in the parking lot for a second, and he asked me if I could take him over to this restaurant that was across the street where his friend worked at, uh, and they were going to hang out there. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll take you over there, and then I'll head home. I go over there. I drive, I drive him over there, and I uh, drop him off. There's like a couple cars in the parking lot, and there's a police car in the farthest part of the parking lot. And so I drop him off. I... Uh, pull I, I drive away <clears throat> and I pull out into the street and then I notice that the cop follows me mm-hmm. and I, I don't think anything of it and so I have to drive I'm driving to get to this overpass at the top of the hill uh, so I can get onto the interstate so we drive this cops behind me uh, I, there's very few few uh, cars on the road I'm driving past, I'm driving past all these places. Like we, we go for about two miles before anything happens. And so I'm about to take a left turn to get on the interstate and the cop flashes his lights. Mm. And so I know I'm not speeding because honestly I'm, I'm descending so I can stop and turn left. Mm -hmm. So I end up turning, uh, I end up having to cross two, three lanes, uh, to get onto the sidebar on this overpass. And so I'm freaking out because I'd never been pulled over before. I haven't really even had interactions with the cops before. Yeah, I've only uh, ever been pulled over once, and it was, like, the scariest, like, thing of my life. <laughs> but, like, so I'm sitting there with my hands on the wheel, and I'm kind of nervous because I'm like, I don't know what I did. And he, uh, the cop knocks on, the, knocks on my window with his flashlight. I, I roll my window down, and he's like license and registration i'm like okay i i reach for it and i give it to him and he goes and he leaves for like 15 minutes and he comes back and he's like so uh so uh where are you coming from i was like i work at the movie theater down there and where you could see like where we were at the overpass we were at like the top of the overpass so you could mm-hmm. see the movie theater and so he asked me to step out of the car 
again, I didn't really know what to do or like what my rights were. Mm-hmm. And so I get out of the car because I don't want to start any trouble. I don't want to give him any reason to think I'm suspicious or anything. And uh, within like the minute or two that he tells me to get out of the car, two other cop cars pull up. And what they both get out of the car. One of them goes around the other side of the uh, on the passenger side of my car. And he's kind of peering in with his flashlight. And then the other cop stands by. He's, the, like, looking, the, he's like looking around like in your car with the flashlight. Kind of passively. Like he's not staring, but he's kind of like flashing it in there. And so because I could like see terrifying. I could see that out of the corner of my eye. And uh, so the cop that pulled me over is asking me questions. He's like, where are you coming from? Where you live? Where are you going? Like. Things like that. And I'm like, I, I told him, like I said before, I work in the movie theater. I'm heading back home. Uh, I just, I, it's like, well, he, then he gets down to the, to the meat of the thing. He's like, well, I saw you in that parking lot. It's like, yeah, I was dropping a friend off. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got off of work. I met up with him. I dropped a friend off. I dropped him off and I was literally going home. Right. And so he's like, well, can we search your car? Why? Again, I see the thing is I would have asked that. I didn't know. I was 18. I didn't know. I didn't want any problems. I and I I mean, I I hate to use like being naive as as an excuse, but I really didn't know. Like this is the first time I've had a true interaction with a police officer, so I just didn't know how to handle myself. I didn't want to seem suspicious. And I felt like if I didn't let him search, I was I felt like since there was 3 of them, I didn't want to feel pressured uh to not do it and then or I didn't want to say no and then they seem like they're like well I think we got to take you down to the station and then you know then yeah, I'm just they like were, they were, you were intimidated they were scared yeah and at the time my dad was at work so it's like nobody could come get me oh god and so I was like you know what I'm going to sit here and uh chill go, out just go along with it I guess because at the same time I was trying to get home I was like I got to get out of here because, like, my nephew was at the house. L- I mean, luckily, he was, like, 13. At He was, like, 13 at the time. So he was old enough to be kind of by himself for a while. Um, and so they search the car. One cop is the watching me, and then the other two are searching my car. And, like, they pull out, like, my grocery bag full of, with the candy bars in it. They're searching my backpack that I had for work. And I just, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, they're they're going, when I say they're going through it, they're pulling things out. And um, they're get, they're literally physically getting in my car. Oh, my God. And so, uh when when they don't find anything, I notice the other cop comes around the other, and he's standing behind me. And the way my pants are, like they were kind of like cotton and they picked up a lot of like popcorn, lint, things from the movie theater. He noticed a piece of lint on my pants and he's like, what is this? Is this weed? It's like, you got to tell me if this is weed right now. What? And I'm like, no, it's lint. It's like, it's lint. Or a piece of popcorn. I was like, I work at a movie theater. I, it's not weed. But here's here's where things kind of get kind of kind of bad for me, is that I had a little Ziploc bag full of change in my pocket, 
Which, I mean, most people know that, like, I guess the thing, I mean, you know, most people know that uh, when you're carrying drugs, normally it's in some sort of, like, Ziploc bag. I, and so that's what they assume that's what it is. And uh, the other cop comes in closer behind me. I could feel him behind me. And so uh, the other cop, the cop that pulled me over was like, I need you to put your arms out in a T. And he was like patting me down and he pulls out the change. And like, he's, he's like, oh, okay. I was like, I told you it was just change. It's not, it's not anything different. It's like, so it's like, and so he's, he was basically giving me the third degree. And, uh, and again, at this point, he, he still hasn't told me what I did wrong. Mm -hmm. He still doesn't tell me, he still hasn't told me why he pulled me over. So, and I didn't ask because again, I'm scared because I'm like, there's like, I I don't know what to do. I just want to get out of this situation. Right. And so he finally tells me why he pulled me over. And so, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the little like protectors that you have like around a license plate where it has like your favorite sports team or uh something like my kid is an honor student not like oh, the sticker yeah. not no, like, like the, the sticker like the custom plate yeah like yeah it's, like a custom it's, yeah plate. you, you can, you can you put can, it like you order yeah. those like at the at the ones they have at the dmv like they have like a little like a catalog like you can look through like yeah you, you can pay, put it on you there. pay like a little bit of extra money like for like a custom plate that's got like like yeah. something on it yeah, and this was this car. The car I was driving used to be my mom's car, and she had my brother's high school, uh, like plate protector. Mm-hmm. And so, and oh, she like, been, his, like like of his high school team. Yeah, like it was it was the high school that my brothers graduated. Like my brothers graduated from. Okay. And this is this is like 2011, uh, and so she, my brothers had graduated in like 2000, like in like early 2000s. So she's had this on, on the car since like 2002. Like almost a decade. Yeah, like almost a decade worth, like, and nobody's ever said anything. And I've never seen her get pulled over for it. He was like, well, you have to take that garter off because it's blocking your license plate. No, it's not. And I know it's, it's, it's super thin. Yeah, no, like it's you not. literally... It's super thin. Like, you can still see the license plate number. You can see the date that it expires. You can still see everything. I literally have one on my car right now. I have one on my car right now, and have it doesn't pulled, cover have anything. Have you been pulled over for it since? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Not for that reason, but uh, nobody's ever said anything to me. I've never yeah. been pulled over for that reason. They literally, but, they, they literally pulled you over just to harass you, it sounds like. Essentially, I mean, they wanted to say that, like, I looked suspicious because I dropped my friend off. But I was like, I dropped a friend off. There was nothing suspicious about it. Like, there was no weed smell coming from my car. There was nothing like that. And I wasn't speeding. He was like, well, you're going to have to take that off your car, which I eventually did. But... I was just like, wow, like, are you serious? Like, I, once I got out of the situation, I was sweating. And so I was like, man, you know what? This is crazy. I can't believe that this happened. And, like, that, and honestly, I had the, the similar, a similar story happened from my second time being pulled over. I got, so, like, literally, I didn't get a ticket, my first ticket, until the third time I got pulled over. And that was my fault. Like, my license plate tags were expired. 
and I got pulled over for it. But like my first two times, no, I got pulled over for just profiling. Now that I think about it, it's really something, it's something that happens all the time. It really, it really does. Like it happens more than you think that it, that it should. So I don't, I don't blame people for the way they feel about cops. I can't because I've experienced stuff like that on my own. That's so messed up, dude. I'm sorry you had to go through that. No, it, it's it's something that, I mean, of course, it's not something that I always share, but it's something that happened. So yeah. it's not like I can relate. And so I just think that with these riots and protests, it's something that we have to really... It's, it's it, we really have to do some we really change really has to happen yeah because of the simple fact that like and people are tired people are tired of having conversations about what needs to happen so their result and then nothing coming from and then it. nothing action. comes of it and then now now this is actually what's happening to force change to happen yeah I mean this the civil, yeah. the civil rights movement didn't actually like start to pick up steam like the, or the civil rights act actually didn't pick up much traction until after the riots and protests had been going on for months and the government was like starting to crack like under the strain like they were like we have to do something about this like they can't yeah like we can't like we can't keep fighting them like this way like we yeah. have to acquiesce somehow yeah. um so as much as i hate to admit it uh protests and oftentimes riots uh produce results now the looting and stuff like that is another matter entirely um, I, I won't I won't get into that, but I mean the, yeah. this this is the result of the police and the government refusing to respect the cries and the pleas of African Americans and minorities to stop being persecuted at this level. They've yeah. they've refused and to listen and they've refused to cooperate. And if anything, it's only gotten worse. And I think people yeah. are, I think people are really, truly, really and truly sick and tired. And not, not even sick and tired. People are really and truly done with this stuff. And they're letting the government know that they are done and that they're not playing around anymore. And either you're going to fix this and you're either going to change things or we're going to make you change things. So that's, yeah. that's kind of why I feel no, this has been happening. It's um, definitely, it's definitely something that that needs to change but um but it's it's also something that i feel like needs to be out there and that's also why we chose to that's why i wanted to talk about this yeah. and wanted to to get it to get it out there on where because honestly i know that like i said before i know we like to keep things like super fun and i i we started this podcast for that reason but like because of what's going on and because of the things that I've experienced and because I'm a, a, a person of color, I am a black man. Mm -hmm. Like it's important that we need to talk about it For no sure. matter how, no matter how controversial or how much people, how uncomfortable it makes people. I get it. Talking about racial issues isn't comfortable for some people. It shouldn't be. Because if it's like if you really want justice for everybody, justice for all, it's not going to be something that should that's going to be taboo. 
it's not something that's going to feel like uncomfortable because uh, of how it's going to make people feel because it makes it's it upsets people whenever we have to hear about somebody else dying and being killed I don't for simply doing stuff like jogging or going I'm, to the park I'm going to say it I'm going to I'm going to say two things real quick actually not real quick I don't care if this section offends you if and not not you personally but just our listeners in general if us speaking out against um police officer if us speaking out against police brutality and us saying that this is clearly racial profiling and police brutality against a specific race if that bothers you i don't care because that's what it is at this point like it is very it has become more and more clear over the years that black people are much more that black, black people are completely unfairly treated by the police and are brutalized by the police at a rate far greater than that of white people or other minorities it is very clear that y'all are being targeted and that is not okay and it needs to stop and if you have a problem with us saying that i don't care because either you're ignorant and you don't see the world for how it is or you're a racist and either way i'm not interested in having a conversation with you if that's the case like my yeah. two my two best friends in the entire world, you and Manny, are both black. Okay? You're both black. I shouldn't have to fear for both of your safety when we go out to bars and there's a bunch of hicks in the bars. Or there's a bunch of lifted trucks out in the parking lot with rebel flags. I shouldn't have to fear for your safety. I shouldn't have to worry about potentially having to defend you from strangers for the color of your skin. For you existing in the same space as them. It's it's ridiculous it's an old world mindset that was just as messed up back then as it is now the only difference is that it's 2020 and not 1862 and we we should have we should have moved on from this the people that believed in that should be dead by now and they're not they're still here which is why this stuff is happening and is why this change is going to be forced if it needs to and with what you the second thing that i want to say as well is with you saying that um you know, black people can't, you know, feel like they can do anything these days without getting profiled or attacked by the police. There is this thing that I uh, retweeted on uh, Twitter. If you guys don't follow me on Twitter, uh, you should. I've been getting very uh, socially and politically active this last week uh, or so. Um, and I also say some funny stuff sometimes. And Corey, you're welcome to plug your Twitter as well, of course. But oh, gosh. Uh, you, can, you can follow me at, at Fernandrizzle. That's at F-E-R-N-A-N-D-R-I-Z-Z-L-E on Twitter. Um, and there was this thing that I retweeted that said, uh, white privilege means that I can do the following without fear of being harmed or killed. Uh, this is a list with over 20 names on it, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I highly recommend you check it out if you see it. I can go jogging. Ahmed Aubrey couldn't. I could be detained by police. George F George Floyd couldn't. I can go bird watching. Christian Cooper couldn't. I can relax in the comfort of my own home. Breonna Taylor, Ad Atlanta Jefferson, and Katherine Johnson couldn't. I can have a mental health crisis. Anthony Hill couldn't. I can defend my girlfriend from armed intruders. Kevin Davis couldn't. I can run unarmed from a cop. Walter Scott couldn't. I can play loud music. Jordan Davis couldn't. I can ask for help. From a stranger, Renisha McBride couldn't. I can play with the toy gun. Tamir Rice couldn't. And the list goes on for about 10 or 15 more things, but I think I've made my point. Yeah. I mean, and it's 
it's something that like like I said I mean to just kind of wrap this up it's it's honestly yes it's it's uh, it's police brutality but as well as that there have been tragedies that have happened with just people who are ignorant like and people who just are ignorant and they 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 do things that aren't good and it feels like that that through that we're not getting justice for like people regular like not even police officers regular civilians are harming uh other civilians and that's and it's crazy I it's don't wanna, crazy to me. I don't want to yell because I'm gonna. This this mic is very expensive, and I don't want to yeah, blow you, out the sensitivity listen. on my mic. And every, anybody who knows me in real life knows that I tend to get loud very quickly about yeah, things. You've, you've been you've been spiking the red. Yeah, I, I've been noticing <laughs> that too, and I apologize to anybody. I, I'm I'm planning on getting a uh, a, a pop filter actually to handle my P's and my B's. Uh, you really you really got close for that. Um, I'm, I'm planning on getting one next week, but I'll say this, and I'm going to do my best to not yell or shout. Um, it is, like I said, it is very obvious that uh, black people are being targeted by the police, uh, either in terms of profiling, violence, or downright murder. Um, that's that is just obvious at this point. It always has been to me, but to more and more, you know, conservative people that I see and that I, I won't call them my friends, but the people that, you know, I see and speak to that are of a more conservative opinion. Living in the South, there are a lot of those people. Um, it's, it's, it's unfathomable to me that it is so clearly apparent that our black brothers and sisters are being targeted in this day and age by the police. Statistics show it. Video evidence shows it. It's everywhere. You can't escape from it. It is so painfully obvious that these people are being targeted, and I still have to argue with people on a daily basis as to as to why these people are being targeted in the first place, or as to why these people should need to be protected in the first place, or why I, why I even need to argue that Black Lives Matter now more than ever. They always have and they always will, but now more than ever, it's it's unfathomable to me that I have to argue that in the first place. It's like I heard this analogy the other day as to the people that uh, like to say, uh, well, you know, all lives matter. Okay, first of all, most of the time when I hear the phrase all lives matter, it's being brought up in a context. Of, it, it only gets brought up in the context of when Black Lives Matter gets brought up. They don't bring – people that say all lives matter that I've experienced don't bring it up in any other conversation except where Black Lives Matter has already been brought up. If all lives really mattered, then wouldn't you be fighting for human rights and for social justice for all groups of all social backgrounds, ethnic or not, at all times? The people that I see arguing all lives matter aren't exactly like humanitarians themselves. I don't see them doing a lot of volunteer work at the food bank on the weekends. I just see them arguing with me when I try to argue that I shouldn't have to fear for the lives of my black friends. But, okay, let's go ahead and put aside the fact that that phrase only gets brought up in conversation of Black Lives Matter. Let's say you're in my neighborhood, okay? We're in a neighborhood of houses. And I look and I see there's a house that's on fire. I say, oh my god. That house is on fire. Quick, we need to work together to put it out. And then some asshole slides up and says, Well, well, don't you see which way the wind is blowing? Obviously, 
all these houses matter? What if the wind blows and one of the other ones catches on fire and then the whole neighborhood goes up in flames? Did you think about that? Yes, of course I think about that. Of course I don't want these other houses to catch on fire, obviously. But this one house right here, right now, is on fire. And we need to put it out before the people inside get hurt and before it spreads to other houses. We need to deal with this right now, okay? Because it's clear that the plight is with black people right now, and it needs to be dealt with. It does. There is, there's, yeah. no, there's no way around it. Yes, of course, all lives matter. But all lives are not under attack right now. Black lives are under attack right now, which is why black lives matter now more than ever before. And that's why this is what we need to be focused on. But that's the main Definitely. thing that I wanted to say about that. Definitely. But, well, I I felt like it was important that we touched on this. I'm, gl- I'm, glad, I'm glad that we did. This, this has been, like, all that's been on my mind for, like, the last week and a half it, or however long this been has been on, going it's on. It's been on everyone's mind. I, I, it's I, been on everyone's mind, though. And like, I, it's I, something that a lot of people are very passionate about. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I'm obviously very passionate about, too, you know, having uh, – such a diverse friend group and also you know primarily having uh friends that are black or minorities um it's something that and then being you know mixed myself i i'm mixed myself for those who don't know i'm hispanic and white but i look white so i i have i have the benefits of white privilege and i also see and hear about what my black hispanic latino uh asian friends go through having stuff thrown at them i had i had asian i have asian friends of mine i have some i have a couple korean friends that i work with they had instances when covid was reaching its peak when coronavirus was reaching its peak of people who they who refused to let them serve them because they were asian and they were they thought that they were going to give them the virus and these people would say things to them like they're letting you work here like it's it's disgusting and I, it's something that I'm very passionate about, so I, I am I am glad that we talked about it. Um, Definitely. But we, we've, we've exhausted um, enough time on this topic. I think everybody knows, you know, we're yeah. not, we don't accept racism here ever, and we never will. Uh, we don't accept the right. tolerance of other people, and we never will ever. Um, but we've kind of voiced our opinions on that, so um, yeah. that's really all I had to say about it. If you want no, to you know, go on to our next bit. Obviously, yeah. Um, we move forward. Um, like I said, we're still hoping that things are going to change and this is what's going to spark change, but, um, there's something else that I wanted to, to kind of touch on and talk about. Yeah. And it's something that like has also been a big thing in the news and on Twitter and social media. And it's been kind of a big thing for, I think maybe the last couple years. Um, what's that? is pretty much uh, the whole idea of cancel culture, uh, which, uh, oddly enough, um, our generation has been solely responsible for, or been told we've been solely responsible for. I don't know how true that is, but the thing is, is that what I mean by, like, this whole cancel culture thing, it started off as kind of like a way to kind of hold people who are... Bad. who have who have done things in the past that were bad but that that are still continuously doing those things yeah. and so they get canceled and you know it's a it's a way to or it was a way to kind of shed light on that but now it's gotten to the point to where it's become a a joke yeah. a 
a something that's like we're just going to do it to everybody and so celebrities mainly have been getting uh been getting a lot of backlash from uh old tweets that they tweeted uh old things yeah. that they did back or like, in or like mean the day. mean things they did in the past that are coming back and people are trying to use that to bite them which with celebrities like everything in their life is on front street mm-hmm. or the majority maybe there are some things that aren't but most everything is on front street and so like people are bringing up things from the past that were buried things that people may have apo- they have apologized for or whatever or people that have like definitely grown from that and honestly, I don't like that. I don't like when yeah. I don't like when people do that and, to me. I don't like when people to be fair to try be, to bring up an old me. No, I I, I agree. I agree, and I, I want to clarify to people too because I, I don't feel like we were really clear going into this section. Um, obviously, you know, we we are in support of people like people that are being exposed, like Bill Cosby, as horrible, awful rapists. Um. I, I'm completely okay with people like that being exposed. Um, that that kind of stuff needs to be brought down to the open. People like Louis C.K. who are like sexual assaulting like their uh, their female coworkers. Stuff like that obviously needs to be brought down to the open. Those kind of people need to be taken down. Oh, it ruins their reputation and it ruins their body of work. Yeah, well, they're monsters, and I completely don't care that it ruined the Cosby Show for you. Um, that man is a monster, and I'm glad he's behind bars. Um, but when it comes to something like um, – we, we were talking a little bit uh, before this while we were setting up about uh, this uh, show, The Last Dance, on uh, ESPN. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, The Last Dance is a special that ESPN aired uh, a couple, starting a couple weeks ago about uh, the last championship run of the Bulls, of the uh, Michael Jordan-era Bulls. And – the best era. The best era by far. <laughs> yeah, by no, we, far. we 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 do- haven't we haven't recovered. That it's, docu- it's okay. That, <laughs> Corey haven't. Corey's a huge Bulls fan, and he's he's been salty for his entire we, life. We haven't because it sheds light. Listen, we haven't won a championship it since '98. Fair. So, like, I mean, they they wanted to rebuild. Obviously, they spoiler did. alert, they, it didn't they, freaking they, it didn't freaking work. Y'all have been rebuilding for a while. <laughs> it did. For, for it didn't work. Y'all, it y'all have kind of been. Work. Y'all kind of been rebuilding like since I was born, um, but that's it that's beside the point. It didn't work. Well, lot, how old? Listen, no, we won a championship. Listen, you were born what like like ninety four? Yeah, we were. That was that was when Jordan was playing baseball. But <laughs> yeah, that was but, a year off. <laughs> but yeah, like it's this whole cancel culture thing. Yeah, it transferred over to. Uh, but the thing is, I will say this, and you can look this up. Uh, Michael Jordan said before this documentary got released that people weren't going to like him. For well, like what he said peop- in the documentary, and, yeah. Yeah, and how the how it act, how he acted, how things kind of came out, and that's true. A lot of people have kind of turned their back on Michael Jordan, which and they, I they, never yeah, understood quote, they that. They quote unquote canceled Michael Jordan because of the things Some that people. came out during this doc. Some people, not all. Now, I, I, I don't know about you, but my problem with that is that the things that came out there there people are trying to like cancel Michael Jordan or trying to say that he's a bad person or something like that or that he's his image of people's image of him is ruined with this documentary now it, it doesn't make a lot of sense cuz a lot of he was really just exposed for kind of like being a bully 
Like, he was a bully to his teammates and to his opponents on and off the court. Like, it was revealed that he was, like, kind of an asshole, like, throughout his entire life. But, I mean, he was an asshole to his teammates to get them to play better. And, I mean, it clearly worked. They won six championships. So, like, clearly something he was doing was working. But to want to cancel him for saying saying mean things to his teammates that was not made public until now, and to his teammates, mind you, that he is still friends with yeah, to this still, day. He's still, he's still talking to some of them. Some of yeah. them, not really. But and if he's the not, thing is... He's not physically hurting anybody. If he's, if he's not physically hurting anybody... Then I don't I don't see what the problem is. I always kind of personally like that. You remember like a lot of times like people like Jordan's opponents said he was like the devil of basketball. Like going up against him was literally like going up against the devil because not only was he the most one of the ar- arguably most skilled and athletic players to ever grace the game, but he also would like get inside your head. He would like get in your head and like mess with you while you were on the court and would make you not only were you playing against one of the best players ever you wouldn't even be able to play at the top of your game because he'd be in your head. So, like, playing against him was like playing against a demon. I always thought that was really cool. Like, I thought that was a really unique way of playing that, like, not you never, like I never really heard of before. I thought that was really unique and cool. But, apparent, but apparently, apparently, that ruins people's well, reputation he, of him, even though that's been known. He, it's been known he, that he was mean. Like He had he had a lot of respect, though. I mean, on the opposite end, Larry Bird... Uh, Back even back in the eighties, whenever he first started, and like Larry Bird was still in the league, and like the Celtics at the time were like running the East, oh, the yeah. Eastern Conference. Uh, he literally uh, said in the documentary, he was like, uh, one game where I think he believed, I think this was the game he scored sixty points in the playoffs against the Celtics, and like the Celtics still won because they had the better team, but like Larry Bird straight up said is like i didn't know it's like i wasn't playing against michael jordan i was playing against jesus disguised as michael jordan that that's crazy to me that he was like that but to to come back to our original point like people were kind of like taken aback that jordan wasn't perfect and i feel like with celebrities people think people have them on a pedestal people do because people see them as their heroes they, they really do. People see celebrities as heroes. I mean, especially athletes. So when they, when you hear about stuff like that, uh, you are obviously disappointed that I guess they're not perfect. But at the same time, it's like you have to understand that they do have the same. They do have flaws. Like al- although their athletic ability is. Uh, oftentimes unmatched like it's to a unfathomable like state they still are human beings they still are people who mess up people who make mistakes yeah and i feel as though we get away from that and so we end up canceling people for the wrong reasons there are some people that get canceled for the right reasons but for sure it's it's getting to the point where it's like nitpicking i you're nitpicking it's like if they don't if they don't do something and this the thing is is that a lot of the celebrities will apologize. They'll yeah. apologize, and it's still not good enough for people. My, like, yeah, they just want to see bring, people just want to see them burn. Like, I'll bring them an example. Like, Kevin Hart was supposed to host the Oscars a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and a tweet. And I remember this tweet. 
came up from 2010 that he said I'm not going to repeat it but if you want to know about the story you can obviously go look it up but like it came back he, he had apologized long before this but the Oscars wanted him to apologize again he took a stand he was like no I'm not going to apologize again so he ended up quitting the Oscars the Oscars was his dream he wanted to do he wanted to host the Oscars that's what he wanted to to, to, to do like that was an amazing honor for him and he, and he didn't get to he, he didn't get to do it yep he was denied he, oh, he, he had to he had to quit because of something he said back then that was obviously ignorant and immature but it's something that he said that from he like learned way from. in the past yeah that's a, that's and our he's main grown. problem with he's that, grown that's our you main know, problem he doesn't with act that. like that is is the people that like cancel stuff and will like bring up stuff from like way in the past from people that for or for people that are clearly not the same person they were when they said or did that like they clearly made uh they clearly made like a big mistake in their past or they said or did something that you know by today's standards you know not even by today's standards there's something that is just wrong they said something that was wrong or said something that was messed up that they shouldn't have said back in the day and then their star starts to rise quite a bit and they get into the public eye and then somebody brings up something from way in their past that uh yeah. basically destroys their reputation and their career and i don't feel like that's really fair especially in the case of people who learned from their mistakes people who are clearly not the person who said that thing 10 15 20 years ago anymore like clearly they're not that person it's a different matter entirely if it's someone like you know bill cosby who was raping women left and right in the 60s 70s and 80s um getting exposed years later and then going to prison for it that's completely different absolutely send that man to prison for stuff he did in the past but for someone that said like said something bad in the past or said something like like against a group of people like say someone said something like homophobic or say someone said something racist years and years and years ago but now it's clear that they are not that person anymore that it's clear that they're you know they're not homophobic and they're not racist anymore um that i don't understand the 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 need to bring that up and to try and bring that person down and then if that person apologizes for it and says i acknowledge that i did say this what I said was wrong. I don't believe this anymore. I was, it was very stupid of me to say this. I don't believe this. Um, I am a different person from that now. Um, I hope that you guys can find it in your hearts to continue to respect me and uh, you know, not see me in that way. When people come out and they say stuff like that and it's very clear that they're not that person anymore and people still want to drag that person down for it. They still want them to burn for that. That's where, that's where I feel like that's wrong and that's not okay. No. It isn't. Um, it, it really, it really isn't. And like, I feel like cancel culture did also stem from the the whole Me Too movement. I'm also not gonna get into that now because I feel like that's yeah another something, rabbit hole. Just, just basically <laughs> something that started as like something really good that was started with like good intentions that like quickly like, spiraled out of control. Yeah, and anybody, getting, anybody that had a problem with anybody could like bring up anything from someone's past and just completely, ru- completely out of control. Completely ruin them with it. So completely out of control. But like I don't know. It's just it's just like this whole this whole like culture deal is just it's something that also has to stop mm-hmm. or change. 
Like, like stop canceling people every single day. Yeah. For something, like something that's stupid, like, cause it it it's just it looks bad on everybody. Yeah. Because it's, then it's just like, what do you? So you keep you keep doing this, right? You keep bringing up all this stuff on people, and it's just like, like so, why? so nobody so nobody's allowed to make mistakes at all. Like Ever. no one's allowed to do anything and then try to and then regret it and then be like you know what and grow from it and learn from it this 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 wasn't this wasn't this isn't me anymore like that i was a stupid kid or i was young i was stupid i made a bad decision i was ignorant i made a ill ill informed decision and let's move past it yeah Or, or start to move past it at least like um but i don't know i just don't agree with it but Hopefully something changes with it soon. Uh, but anyway, like I said, it's something needs to change. But uh, we'll move into our uh, an- another topic. We're going to kind of pull a little bit of a 180 from what we've been talking about mm. with like pop culture and everything that's going on recently. We're going to kind of change the 180 Um and kind of talk about something that's a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun. I know that like a lot of uh, a lot of things begin pushed back because of the pandemic and everything like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of me being a big movie buff and a big gamer, uh, I, a lot of movies and video games have been getting pushed back, which I'm very, 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 very sad about. Mm-hmm. But I understand uh, the movie theaters aren't open. What's the point mm-hmm. if you're not going to make any make any money? Um, of course, you know, I was definitely looking forward to the uh, the beginning of the next phase of, like, the Marvel campaign, even though, like, it's supposed to be different. But I'm also, I was also looking forward to a lot of movies that were supposed to come out mm-hmm. uh, in the upcoming months, as well as some video games. Like, uh, like I'm a huge fan of uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 that's coming out. Hell yes. It, that is coming out in September. And uh, I've seen the I've seen the, the the trailers for it. I'm so excited, um, as well as a number of other games and things like that. What I was po- well, the question I'm posing to you, Josh, mm-hmm. uh, and if for anybody else listening, feel free to you know reach out to us and tell us what you're most excited for for the rest of 2020. Um, because I because I know that things are bleak. In this year, so I'm trying to see. It's nice to something. have some silver Yeah, it's like something to 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 look forward to. So, For sure. Josh, what, what what you looking forward to, man? Um, I would have to say, out of all the games that I'm looking forward to, uh, three stand out most to me. Um, I mostly play games on PC now, but actually, all the games that I'm looking forward to uh, that are coming up are all console games. Um. The PS5 is getting ready to come out, and I'll, you know, probably... Ooh, it's sleek. It is sleek, and I'll, unfortunately, I'll probably be dropping a slick few hundred dollars on it when it does come oh, out. Oh, no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just that there's gotta, so many... You gotta there's wait. So much, there's so much good stuff coming out. You and gotta I, wait, I don't like, wanna, a week or two... I don't want to be that guy... To see if it explodes. I don't want to be that guy that, like, is at the age of 26 going over to his friend's house to pay his friend's PS5, like... I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have my own, but the the ones that I'm looking forward to the most easily have got to be um, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, I love anything to do with um, science fiction, dystopia, 
uh, type settings. Ow. Just hit my hand on my desk. Sorry. Ow. But, um... I, I love any sort of science fiction dystopia type settings like that, so that one's uh, one that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, or Tsushima, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, I think it's Tsushima, uh, is also coming out as well. It's like a wandering ronin samurai type game. Um, it is made by Sucker Punch, who are the same people that actually made the Sly Cooper games and the infamous games as well oh, i love love infamous so love it. so good easily one of my favorite games um those of you who don't know infamous was a game series where you basically uh had electricity powers and you could choose whether or not to be uh good or evil uh with your actions in a city and depending on your actions your powers would change uh the more good you were uh or depending on how evil you were really really cool games really great company so i'm really excited to see what they do with that um, and then the third one that I'm really looking forward to is actually uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is oh slated it's slated to come out December of this year, so it's still quite a ways away. Um, but I love anything to do with uh, Vikings or like uh, Nordic myths or anything like that. Uh, God of War, uh, the God of, uh, God of War Four, I think it was a most recent one that came out. Uh, easily one of my favorite games in recent history. It takes place entirely in a Nordic setting. Super beautiful, super amazing, super cool. And um, I know trailers are never nothing to uh, get excited about because the gameplay will probably be a lot different from the trailer. But the trailer for Valhalla does look really promising, and it it does look really interesting. And although it might, I know Assassin's Creed games in the game in the past, especially in recent years, have been huge flops. Um, I, and they, they've been, they've been doo-doo poo-poo garbage. I, I won't lie. They've been some pee-pee poo-poo. Um, yeah, no, it, but be honest, just like that movie. That, yeah. Okay. <laughs> stop making, they stop made, making they, movies ever, ever of since, games. Ever since they made the fourth one, uh, the Black Flag, Black Flag's combat was really boring and basic, uh, but the exploration and the ship battles were amazing but then pretty much every game after that except for maybe odyssey odyssey was actually pretty cool um every game after that has been like super lackluster and i'm really hoping that this one is good just because i love like viking nordic settings and stuff like that so i also know that like i don't know if they're in production or they're talking about doing that god of war movie like here's the thing i feel like with video games that are adapted into movies you need to release a part of the script because if it's not good, just don't do it. Just don't waste your time. I, I completely agree. Look at the Mortal Kombat movie. Look at the uh, oh. look at the look at the Super Mario I, Brothers movie. No, okay, the Super Mario Brothers uh, were, were it was horrible. Uh, that's why they never made another one. <laughs> but I mean, the first Mortal Kombat wasn't that bad. It, I enjoyed it. Boy, it was great. Everybody had a good time. The, the kids. <laughs> I, don't the, the the, kids. I don't know about all the people that died. I don't know if they had a good time or not. <laughs> Everyone had a good time. Listen, you can't tell me in that movie when they were when when Shang Tsung was like, "Your soul is mine." <laughs> you didn't get chills. Like it's chills. You got chills. I got chills when I watched that movie later on as an adult, and I realized I thought that was cool as a kid growing up. You do realize that they're making another Mortal Kombat yeah. that's coming out next year. Yeah, don't start like with the, me. Like a, like a movie. Like don't, they're making the movie. Don't start with me. I Mortal, will start. Mortal, Com- Mortal Kombat movies are barely a step below Fantastic Four movies. 
Ooh, wow. I, I feel I feel like Wow, really? They're really, really? In, I feel like they're in the same vein, personally. Re Wow. And, and okay. I don't know. I, I Did can't, you? Okay. I can't, put my, I can't put my finger on it, but anytime that I've watched one of the Mortal Kombat movies, it always reminds me of, like, the goofiness of, like, a Fantastic Four movie. I don't know why, but they just... Really? They, they feel really... Did you they feel really did similar you see to me. The, did you see the last Fantastic Four? Oh, I saw really? it. I saw it in really? theaters. I, I wanted, and, I, and, and that's... That... Mortal Kombat's on the par with that? I, really? I, Is this what we're doing? No, I'm not. Not almost the most recent one. I, I mean, I mean like the like the mid two thousands one. Like oh the one, god! The, the one that they show on uh, FX channel all the time. Oh yeah, and the, the the sequel, the Silver Surfer. The one. Silver Surfer, where they made Galactus into a to a space tumor blob thing. Space of looking, tumor. He was. That's what he was. He didn't look all cool like he does in the comics or whatever. Oh they gosh. No, I, I just I don't know why, but I get the uh, the two, the mid 2000s uh, Fantastic Four movies, the Mortal Kombat movies, and the Teenage the mid... and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle no, movies. No, not... all they all which give one? me similar vibes. The, which uh, ones? One which new which one Ninja Turtle movies? One and two. The live so you're talking ones. about you're talking about the eighty the late eighties early nineties yeah. ones? Yeah, they give Ew. me they give, they give me the same vibes. Uh, oh the, the, the original one and uh, Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze. Listen, let's let's just let's just cut this across the board right now. All right, fine. Listen, '90s and like early 2000s, like superhero and like movies like that are amazing. weren't weren't always the best. They were hit and miss. Cause you can't listen. You cannot tell me that 2003 uh, Hulk movie was any good. It was horrible. You kidding me? But they they tried. Have you seen the transitional editing and for the way they go from scene to scene? It's like it, a, it was it's it like was I'm made on a Final visual, Cut. <laughs> it was made it's on a Final Cut Pro. Yeah, and like they use all of the they used all of the freaking uh, transitions. It was made in uh, it was made in Kathy's Kathy's video editing class. Oh my gosh! Sidebar for those, for those of you who don't know, Kat, Kat, uh, me and me and Corey both had a teacher in college named Kathy who was a video was like a videography class, and we used like really really bad and outdated video editing software that we were expected to be experts with to like Final make movies Cut with. Pro Final Seven. Cut, Final was... Cut Pro Seven is essentially one step above. Final Cut Pro Seven is basically a. Uh, uh, paid windows movie maker that's blasphemy it, that, <laughs> it wasn't it is, that bad it is, it is a few <laughs> it is a few steps above kid picks okay wow it is bad wow. all right it is i don't, I don't even remember wow. how to use final cut pro anymore it doesn't even matter that's horrible i'm gonna ask since we're finishing up this episode i'm gonna ask my dog what he thinks Django, what do you think <laughs> That's just a lot of heavy breathing. You, <laughs> that's, what I'm gonna, heavy that's what I'm going to name my autobiography. A lot of heavy breathing. Oh my gosh. All right, but we're going yeah. we're going on an hour and twenty minutes at this point. Oh, wow. Uh, we actually talked a lot longer um, than I expected Definitely. us to. Um, but yeah, I'll just give a brief summary of this episode. Um, uh, zero, number zero. We learned uh, how to fix our audio issues for the future. So if that was a problem in the first episode, I apologize. Uh, that should be fixed from here on out, but if it's not, please let us know. Uh, number one, 
uh, engage with us. Uh, tell us what you thought about this episode underneath where we posted at on social media. Uh, follow us on social media. Tell us what you thought. Give us suggestions for what you want to hear about in future episodes. Um, number two, uh, don't be racist. Number three, uh, protect your black and minority friends, uh, especially in today's day and age. They need you protect now more. Th- they need you now more than ever. Uh, number three, uh, don't be a sexual creep or pervert. Uh, number four, uh, video games are cool. Play them. Uh, and number five, um, uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 is the best Turtles movie, and you can fight me on that. Ew. Anyway, so... (laughs) (laughs) If you guys have anything you guys want to add, any sort of information that we missed... Feel free to let us know. Follow me on Twitter at shy, that's C-H-I underscore city 22 on Twitter. Uh, DM me, whatever. Yeah, and again, uh, I, don't, I know I already said mine. Uh, mine is at Fernandrizzle on Twitter, F-E-R-N-A-N-D-R-I-Z-Z-L-E. Um, we, I post on Twitter a lot more than Corey does. Um, I, I retweet a lot of stuff. I've been retweeting a lot of uh, political and social justice type stuff recently with everything going on. But I also retweet some funny stuff here and there too. Um, and then, you know, if you don't already follow us on social media, on uh, Instagram or Facebook, look us up. Fairly easy to find. And uh, we'd love to connect with you. But, uh, Corey, uh, thanks for talking with us. All of you out there, Hi. thank you for listening to us. Um, Peace out. Yeah. Peace, love, and hair grease. Peace. Okay. Maybe not that. 